need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Hi there. Welcome to She Leaders Podcast, empowered by China Business Cast. This is a special series focusing on female leadership. My name is Anita. I'm the founder of She Leads. She Leads is a platform for empowering women, building community, and offering mentorship for all female professionals in China. This international network was created to build long-term, valuable relationships among women and promote female leadership in the whole workplace. Shilid emphasizes the role of female leaders in professional careers, and we want to bring you interviews with inspiring and successful female leaders in China, and share with you their exciting life stories, work experience, professional insights, and career advices. Today we have Raquel Ramirez with us, the founder of RR Consulting, as well as a proud mentor and an active member of Shilid's. Growing up in Mexico City, Raquel has had 15 years of experience working in the public, private, and international sectors all around the world, including Mexico, USA, and China. During which she has held positions such as subdirector in the United Nations, directorate of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Mexico. Additionally, when working in academia, she held positions of director of bicultural program and department director of social science at Monterey Institute of Technology and Higher Education. Currently, she runs her own consulting company in China. Raquel is passionate about positive social impact through education, community building, and empowerment through self-awareness. She has strongly devoted herself in relevant programs for female empowerment. She is a businesswoman, a wife, and a new mother. And most importantly, she is Raquel Ramirez. Welcome, Raquel. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Anita. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here with you. Thank you. So let's start the conversation. So you were born in Mexico City and went to the university in Boston, USA. That was one of the first adverse moments that you faced. You mentioned maybe your father at that time didn't really like the idea, and why was that? That's true. It was quite adverse at the beginning. At the time, it wasn't really accustomed, especially being a young woman, and even more so being the first in the family to do it. Yeah, as we know, I think Mexican families are somewhat similar to Chinese culture. Parents usually have a big say in the family when it comes to making plans for their children. And how how did you at that time overcome the decision? Yeah, it really was difficult, honestly.、Um, but there was no stopping me.、Mm-hmm. I was convinced that if I wanted to achieve my goals, I had to go out and be in the world. I needed to try to achieve a little bit of independence and sort of find my footing. So what I did was I built a case. I tried to find support. I tried to find people who to rally around me, and I tried to find information that would support the benefits of me going abroad to study abroad. 
And I even gained financial backing from my university. Mm-hmm. So overall, this allowed me to be able to, to make this important decision. I have to tell you, as difficult as it was, it is probably one of the most important turning points in my life and milestones that's defined me ever since. That's very brave. So, so you. you found support for yourself, like information-wise and financially. That's what, when you said you took a couple up part-time job during the years at school, as you said. Uh, what was the oddest one? <laughs> yeah, I did indeed take a lot of different um, temporary jobs for sure. And I would say that the oddest one was a licking and sealing envelope <laughs> job. Would you really? believe? Yes. I got paid $8 the hour and I would sit there for hours on end and I would lick and seal. I hated the job for sure. I had why so many, give you yeah, just a little glue? I don't know. I don't know why. I guess they thought that because a human, it's going to get weird, right? Tongue would lick it. It would like stick longer or something. But let me tell you, Anita, I had so many cuts on my lips and my, oh, and my tongue. Yeah. It was awful. And I remember telling myself, looking at the, at the ceiling and saying to myself that I would fully take advantage of my education and do as well as I really could because, and appreciate that privilege because I did not want to get stuck at a job that I had to do that for the rest of my life. I wish you had a lot of uh, <laughs> bones with you. Yeah, right now I do. <laughs> That's hilarious. And you had your first official internship at the Mexican office to the United Nations in New York City, which was a dream, dream come true for the 20-year-old Raquel, comparing to the, the, the leaking envelope job, right? Yes. <laughs> so when and why did you set up a go to work at the UN at the first place? Well, honestly, I've always admired the work done at the United Nations ever since my first encounter that I was 10 years old. I dreamt of the opportunity to be part of this amazing organization that made that was made up of world citizens coming together to discuss world issues and even more so together attempting to resolve in a united way. So for that reason, I just knew I had to be part of it. And this internship, you basically got it by just being bold. And you asked for it, and then you got it. Can you tell us how did you do it again? Yes, I did. I was invited to be part of a summer intensive diplomacy program in New York. And I decided that that was my chance. So I found the office, and I asked for an appointment. And when they gave me the appointment, I decided to prepare all of the reasons why they should hire me as their intern. And I practiced and I practiced and I practiced to make the speech perfect. I dressed up as if I were already a diplomat. And when I walked in, I passionately exposed this and I said, I am the right person for you. I will give my all. And these are the reasons why you should hire me. And I got it. That's awesome. You know, what we can take from here is always practice before you do anything. For right? sure. I yeah. agree. And I would say the boldness pays off. And this internship will lead you to a bigger opportunity. You were quickly promoted as the subdirector in the UN department at the Mexican Ministry of Foreign Affairs, working back in Mexico City. That was a big step. And what did you do to prove that your ability during the internship? And what was important to show the organization that you sh- they should choose you? Well, I can tell you, I didn't treat it as a casual internship. I always was on time. I was always prepared for the day's agenda. I always carried a notebook 
and I sought out opportunities to support the diplomats and staff. Later, when I was talking to my good friend, that today is my good friend, but at that moment was my boss, she tells me the moment where she knew I was right for the job. We were, I was sitting at a session voting on a resolution, and I was waiting for my boss to arrive. I got there early, I set everything up, I made sure nothing was missing. My boss came in a little bit later from another meeting, and at the end of the session, she turns to the five staffers and asks, who has the record on the voting of each country? And to my surprise, nobody had. Actually, to her surprise, even more so. Everybody just kind of looked blankless at each other because she hadn't asked, you know, specifically to do that. But fortunately enough, everybody except me, I had taken it upon myself, the initiative, and also a little bit on instinct that it was important to record how everybody was voting. I mean, how could we keep track? I thought, well, maybe this will come in handy later. And really, fortunately, it did because I was really on point. And she said after that this, when I gave her the extensive list written by hand, how each country had voted, that's when she decided to recommend me for the job. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. And then the position you participated in international events like G20 or by Sentinel, among other hosted meetings with big names like Putin and Obama. What was that like? Oh, it was definitely a surreal experience. I had to pinch myself every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) As one of the female officers in the room, what characters do you see in men that women don't have? which might have caused the disproportion in leadership in diplomats? That's an excellent question, Anita. And I think that thinking, looking back, and I often find even today when I, when I talk to um, different women, confidence in their capabilities was number one, I think, the biggest lacking area for the women that I saw in, in work and in the workplace and also the women that I come in contact with today. I would also add trusting your own instincts right? We so often negate them or ignore them. And I think that that's really important. Um, Reacting to their instincts, I think was very much seen at a moment to moment between genders. Taking risks, I think would be another one. Also asking clearly for what you want, just sort of in the same way, being bold and asking what you want and knowing clearly what you want. And the last thing I think that I can identify, and I think that is a really important struggle that we're still going through is women vouching for other women. I found that men did that often and it was a lot less seen amongst women as I was going through this journey. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why Sheila is here for too, because men naturally create so much more um, connection opportunities yes. for each other. Like for example, after work drinks or like going to the golf course and the woman just, they may aware or not aware, they have had all those like opportunities to network after their work environment, but women um, generally have too much in their plates, I guess, like after work, there's family, so don't necessarily support each other professionally that much. So I think this is one of the um, big reason why we are doing this as well. Yes, Um, I agree. I would also say, though, that at the same time, I think there still exists this environment that so many times we're brought up by society of competition among women. And I think that's something, too, that we should tackle and talk about, um, because 
you know, even if you are in a networking situation, I think that the lack of trust exists. I think that one isn't sure if you are in a supportive group of women or competitive. And I, for one, have always been in environments where the overall has been competitive. And that's really tough because you naturally want to get close and ally with the women that you work with. And I found that at times they were the most dangerous ones, right? So for vouching, I think I I think it's so important that A, we learn to trust each other and we earn that trust and we be, we build that network of trust. But B, we also put our hands out there for each other, right? We we name other people when an opportunity comes up, we let them know, or we say, you know who would be great for that? Anita. Anita is, has these capabilities. Anita has been doing this and this experience. And, and as we vouch for each other like that, more opportunities continue and we, you know, rise each other up like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, um, I'd like to know that what made you change your career from diplomacy to academia and now in China starting your own business? Yes. What a wild ride it is then, right? <laughs> it sounds wild. I love something that you said a little bit uh, a while back when we were talking about our careers. And you mentioned the idea that, you know, careers, we were brought up with this notion that careers go in a straight line. And no doubt, maybe 50, 60 years ago, even, you know, but before that, it definitely was designed that way. Right. But you and I are definitely in a place and a time that it no longer has to be a straight arrow, right. right? And it can take a lot of different turns. And I was kind of definitely in this moment in time where that was shifting. And I my life kind of didn't take the it didn't take the course perhaps that I had designed previously. When I was in my 20s, I set up all these goals and basically did nothing else. <laughs> I, I didn't even have, you know, barely a personal life because I was just this, you know, on this career path that I didn't want to miss a step. And I felt like if I did, then a missed opportunity would just, you know, at the end of the day be be detrimental. So that's what I did for the first 10 years. But then I graduated and then I finished my internship and I had a moment where I had to decide whether I was going to take time for my personal life or not. I was confronted with a professional or a personal decision. And after so many years of dedicating my attention and focus on my career, I thought it was about time to give my personal life some importance. And that's Mm -hmm. when I met my husband and things basically took off from there and my decisions changed a little bit because I realized how important it was to also evolve as a person, Mm -hmm. as a partner, and then later as a wife. But fortunately enough, I did marry somebody that we shared very similar goals and very similar passions. And we always, always dreamt of traveling the world, going to different places, living abroad and achieving, you know, Um, the possibility of just meeting a lot of different people and trying different foods and just being multicultural citizens of the world, if you may. Then the opportunity came to come to China and we were thrilled, thrilled, scared, of course, because, you know, coming from Mexico, we're so far away. There's not many chances to know too much about China, but we were very much open to exploring where life would take us. And I was excited because it would be a new chapter in my life to really sort of explore who I was in such a different context, perhaps learn Mandarin and see what could happen. And That's awesome. It's been, yeah, yeah, quite a journey. So you were kind of started from like a very goal driven like following your path 
to like a wild opportunity explorer. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I become more of an adventurer, right? That's amazing. How do you like it so far here? In China, Chengdu, yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. We just signed on for another contract and I found it to be so exhilarating to be an adventurer, as we could say, I guess now. But truly also, everybody, just Chengdu people are amazing. The city is fantastic. And the wonderful friends I've made have really made such an impression on our lives. That's awesome. And so for all those like different stages of your life, and you've made a couple of really difficult decisions and what do you do when you have to make a difficult decision is there any like specific way that's um like specially for Raquel or like what tools do you use thank you um yes with my experience I've learned that the very first thing to do when confronted with a difficult decision is to stay calm yeah (laughs) right so staying calm and I mean that in every sense of just not allowing the situation to overwhelm you and sort of sitting back and observing what's going on. I've also learned to have empathy for yourself and for perhaps those involved in the situation to give me a better sense of what perhaps is going on. And most importantly for me has been developing my self-awareness where I can get in touch with my wants and my needs and my feelings And then I can also try to understand reality, you know, the actual reality of the situation and not my perception. And then lastly, I try to figure out what the motivation is, both on my behalf and then on perhaps those that I'm involved with in this difficult decision. I try to weigh my options. In that sense, I was going to tell you there's a really useful tool. It's called the futures wheel, Okay. right? Where you draw out physically. Oh. I'm very old school like that. Yeah. I have so many, ask my husband, there's papers everywhere with my <laughs> notes and like drawing out all of these more of a mental visual maps. Person as yes, well. yeah. Very much. Yeah. Right. I love, we have that yeah. in common. And so basically the futures wheel is you put the difficult decision and you circle around the first direct consequences that may happen. And then you go around again. And then the second indirect consequences that can happen. And basically it gives you a notion of what can possibly, the different alternatives that can happen. And then what you do is you analyze the implications on each branch, right? And you decide, is it something that I have to manage? Is it manageable? Or is it something that I can take advantage of? Is this something that's going to benefit me? And that helps you decide. So that's how I weigh my options. But in the end, what's really important is I do detailed research. I meditate on it. I try to figure out where my instinct is leading me. And then I decide. That's awesome. Um, yeah, most, I think the one of the most difficult part, um, as you said, and the most important part is to first keep calm. Yes, right? <laughs> that is like the, big, the biggest that. part, I think, that has taken years to sort of practice, for yeah. sure, in, yeah. a, in a better way. I've known Raquel, actually, for quite a few years now. Um, she is a mentor of our very first round of uh, She Leads Empowering Female Mentorship Program. And ever since, she has been a very active member and a big advisor and supporter of She Leads in, in general. So did you have a mentor? That's a great question. Um, actually, I've never had a constant mentor. Okay. Not one like I had really uh, hoped for in my life that would take me under her wing. Um, this is why really I, I took such to heart the amazing work you're doing at She Leads. And I very much feel passionate about 
supporting everything that you do, because I do believe that it's our responsibility as women who have perhaps a little bit more experience to share with other women what we have learned on our journey in the hopes truly that these women will struggle less than we did and that they also aspire to even more that we're even aspiring to today. Yeah. Um, what was the mentorship experience like for you? Honestly, for the She Leads program. For the, yeah, of course. During the She Leads program. I enjoyed it so much. I thought it was such a wonderful exchange in the experience. I had three wonderful mentees and each one did what was looking for something specific. The first couple of weeks, we went through the self-awareness development of deciding what it is that they wanted, what they needed, and what the goals were. And then we worked on how to get to those goals. We all of us had to expand outside of their comfort zones. We had to change a little bit sort of their mindset and perception, mostly of themselves that would later result in the things that they were doing and building skills. That was really important. Each one of them had specific skills that they needed to build upon in order to achieve the different goals that they had set out for themselves. And ultimately, and most importantly, building their confidence, confidence and pursuing their success. And once we sort of got underway in that, then I really think that the sky was the limit. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I think uh, for a lot of times, like women have the ability and they just need a little push from others to tell them that you can do this. You should have the confidence to pursue whatever that you are hoping to achieve. And all of your mentees actually all have made impressive achievements during the program. As far as I know, one of them even tripled her salary during the program, but but landing a new job with all your invaluable advices, right? Thank you. Yeah, we were really excited. (laughs) So what was the common challenges that you see in those young female professionals in China? And what did you advise them to progress? For sure. The first one, and I think it continues to come back, is confidence. And it's a very, it seems like a very simple, I think, concept, but it's a little bit more complex and how to build that within yourself and how to sort of undo certain beliefs that you have about the notion of yourself and what your capabilities are. So we definitely, that is something very important to do. It stems from self-awareness and it continues with mindset and it continues with a series of other skills that you can do. I also believe communication. We were speaking of that. Honestly, um, the other day we were talking about it in the She Leads Summit, which was an amazing event. And we talked about, no, really, it was just don't miss out on it for sure next year. And communication, we talked about how it no longer is even considered a soft skill. It is something that is so essential in all of our different professions because that's the way that we engage and connect with other people and that's the way that we get clients and that's the way that we really make a difference. So communication. And lastly, I think more importantly too, is how to learn to be strategic in order to achieve your goal successfully. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The summit that Raquel mentioned is uh, a creative uh, female leadership conference that we hold um, yearly, yearly to gather individual um, female professionals from all different areas in the industries to gather together to learn from each other. And most importantly, like what you said earlier, um, we raise by lifting each other up. Um, so it's a way of supporting each other. Um, so we're still going to continually uh, running our mentorship program. What would you suggest for both the mentee and the mentor to make the most out of a mentorship program? 
Sure. Well, the first one, there's a quote that I really love and I found it right before I started my process of mentorship. And it says, allow yourself to transform as many times as you need in order to be fully happy, free and aware. And I think those were the top three goals that we had apart from the professional goals that we had set. I think that the biggest piece of advice is find a mentor or coach for sure. Look, seek out intentionally, because I think that having experienced women around you to support you, to lift you up, as you mentioned, is a really important key to getting there quicker and also, you know, in a a much more effective way for sure. I think building your skill set. I think we don't speak of that often enough. We um like we talk about a lot of the things, challenges that we face, but we often don't speak of what skills are necessary in order to overcome that. So I would definitely say skill set. And I think in the relationship in and of itself, definitely a really high commitment. You always speak of that. Um, you've always said that that's really important in really making the exchange valuable. That both sides are committed an honest conversation. Um, I talked a lot with one of our other mentors. Oh, Lisa, she was here last, last podcast. And we all talked about how important and what a responsibility we had as mentors to be really honest with our mentees. And I was nervous at the beginning, wasn't sure how my mentees would take it. And I can say today that we have such a wonderful relationship because we were so honest with each other. Right. I would say definitely invest your time, your energy and yourself in the process of mentorship. And be very clear on expressing your needs and expectations because that's what's going to help you really achieve what you're looking to achieve. And then bring value. Bring value in being who you are. And ultimately, a friendship can really be born from this as well because there's such an exchange of stories and and of time and of experiences. And I think we all end up winning in that sense. Yeah, and as we say, like, mentorship is uh, always, like, obviously such a great asset for for all the mentees to learn from like a senior leader in the industry um but what would you say like you get out of it as a mentor well fresh new perspectives yeah to start with yeah um also a wonderful expansion of my network and support as well i still get together with them we still talk about our life we still have lively discussions of, you know, everybody's different positions and how we can achieve further advance. Now in my new situation, which we'll talk about further along, you know, it's been really interesting for me to navigate that as well. Um, there's another one of my mentees and she's a mom as well. And she's five years down the road. She has a five-year-old. So it's been really lovely that the (laughs) dynamics have changed in that sense, for sure. We're always evolving. And I think that's really, really wonderful to experience that as well in a mentorship. Are you learning some uh, new tips of being a mother? I am. <laughs> I definitely am. And it's really, really neat to see kind of where my baby will be in a couple of years. So that was exciting. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a that's a mutual way of learning, right? Yes. It's never just one way. So speaking of which, now you're a businesswoman, a wife, and a new mother. Yeah. So congratulations Thank again. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so what do those, all those new titles mean to you? Well, I definitely have to tell you that they're all a part of the many facets of my life. And I think just as you, and as so many of us, we have all these different hats that we wear. I think it's just being a woman in the world requires all these facets of us. So I think that it reflects that. I think also it reflects all the different parts of myself that are evolving. And well, you know, it's been challenging, but I can say it's also been really rewarding. It's, it's really been something 
that has surprised me in many ways. Is it hard? It's so hard. <laughs> it's really hard, but not only for the obvious reasons, but I think it's really hard because the, the new role, my mom always says when a baby is born, also a mother is born, you yeah. know? So we're all figuring out yeah. and exploring yeah. that new role. Yeah. So I think the uncertainty of it and is And it's entirely difficult. new to you. Entirely. Yeah. Entirely. And it's not a science. So I think that... What would you say is the hardest part to start a company and a family together in China? You know, I thought... I thought a lot about the different challenges I face. And I think the, the biggest one that I still continue to struggle with is not being overcome by the feeling of being overwhelmed. Right. That's the biggest one, honestly, because I think one thing leads to another. If I feel really overwhelmed and I make it anxious or panicky and then everything just kind of goes down spiral there. So I really have to keep mindful of keeping my overwhelm at a bay and you know, taking my life calmly and not putting too much pressure and making decisions, wiser decisions about my time and investment for sure. I have to say like, you're one of the, one of those people that, that are always, what's the word I'm looking for? Very organized. Oh, thank you. Coming from Anita, it's such a compliment. (laughs) I mean, no, seriously, like every time when I see you, like you're always very organized. (laughs) So even like after you, like, cause I, I pretty much like uh, witnessed the whole transformation transformation of you being like all like, well, we were talking about like career goal focused, uh, to like getting pregnant and taking a little break and then coming back to the game. Right. (laughs) So what was the motivation for you to get back to the game after having your baby? Well, having a baby is definitely a traumatic experience, Anita. It's a milestone so great that really, I mean, you're just never the same. And so for me, Olivia has been the biggest motivation to get back into work and to get back into trying to shift the paradigms for women in the world today, in the workplace, personally, I really wanted to be part of the conversation and shifting that conversation to focusing on exactly that, how strong we are and how we can get through different experiences and how we can learn from each other and how that community of support is really important for sure. Um, I did tell you, I mean, I did for sure take time off and I hibernated um, it was really important to take that time to heal physically yeah. and mentally, no doubt. How do you transform yourself back being prepared both mentally and physically? For sure. I think that's such an important question. Thank you. I definitely feel guilt. That's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I don't know to my experience, any mom that doesn't, um, I think that I think managing the guilt has been key and talking to my friends that are working mothers for sure. And like, how do I manage this guilt? I think also I have to be really honest that in the moments of no sleep, in the moments that I was just, it's, it felt like sort of this black hole of not knowing which way I'm going to navigate and what will be of my life. Cause the change is so huge and transformative that there was a really nice feeling in the safe haven that my mind could go to and thinking about future plans and what I was going to develop and all of these notions of what I wanted for Olivia. So in the struggles, especially the first months where you're not getting sleep, where you're trying to figure out what your baby needs and how to be the mother and what kind of mother too you're going to be, there are downtimes 
that you just need a little bit of solace and think about those things that make you passionate. Also, because it's really strange to come from a role of being a professional woman and then all of a sudden really going into a role of being a mom. And so that's what helped my transition, right? So those moments I'd say, okay, when this time, when time allows me, then I'll be able to achieve these things because this is what I want Olivia to also see and grow up with and the conversation to be between us. I think so often women who work and that, you know, you get a little bit of, uh, attention and in, in, in talking about this specific topic, we don't often talk about sort of what's going behind the yeah. curtains, yeah. right? And so I have great help mm-hmm. and that's really, really supportive in me being able to sort of have a little bit more of time to be able to do what I pursue passionately. I'm sure Olivia will be growing so proud of having you as a mother. Oh. Um, Thank you, Anita. So I how, hope so. How do you take care of yourself? That's really important. I definitely... One of the things recurring pieces of advice that my friends were giving me when I first started um, was definitely learn to make a space to take care of yourself. And what I do is it's pretty simple. I keep it really simple. But when Olivia goes to sleep, whether it be a nap or in the evenings, I try to take a bath. I'll do a face mask or (laughs) hair treatment, you know, put some music on. Yeah, Yeah. Listen to a podcast that I'm happy. Right. And... I definitely, you know, I do acupuncture every week. It helps me with the physical healing because physically it takes a toll for sure and requires a lot of strength. And so it allows me to continue to enjoy carrying my beautiful baby and enjoying the time with her, but also not suffering as much, you know? And I also always try to at least eat like once a week, my favorite indulgent food and, you know, read my favorite book or watch my favorite show. Like I choose those moments to relax and give me myself that me time. Awesome. Um, and tell us a little more about the career master program that you developed and how, how do girls from our platform can get involved? Well, our art consulting was launched with a vision of providing women with tools so that they can be leaders and they can own their success. Specifically, this program that we're talking about today, Career Master Program, was designed to develop eight fundamental skills that everybody needs in any professional setting. It includes self-awareness, mindset, social skills, communication, leadership, networking, and brand, which basically wraps it all together. This series consists of workshops that deliver specific strategies that you can definitely implement immediately. It will help increase your competitiveness It definitely will help you generate more boldness in overcoming challenges, and it will develop your ability to achieve any goal that you set for yourself. It is an awesome WeChat program that is completely self-paced. It includes videos and voice notes that you can listen to on your way to work and an action workbook that will guide you step-by-step on how to build that solid foundation to be able to be more confident, to have great effective communication, to elevate your charisma in networking settings, and even how to influence other people. And that's an online program, so you can be kind of like flexible with your own time frame, right? Yes, it's totally self-paced, right? And you have that access for as long as you're part of the program. And is this uh, specifically designed for Chinese females, or like just anyone? That's a great. Uh, that's a great question. It's actually yes. It's designed for all women, mm-hmm. and it's Engl- in English and Chinese. Okay. So if okay. you speak one of those two languages, then awesome. you're good to go. Awesome. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you. I'm pretty sure it will benefit a lot of working professionals 
um, in our platform as well. So really looking forward to it. And uh, for anyone who's interested, please, please do reach out to Raquel, and we will leave all her information um, just underneath of the podcast. And just before we end the conversation, we do a quick fun fact check with you. Okay. So there's a couple <laughs> questions I'm gonna ask you, and just use. One sentence to answer the question quickly. Okay.、Right. Okay. Describe yourself as an animal. As an animal. Hmm. A lion. A lion. What was one thing that you must have for your day? Coffee. Where's your favorite place in the world? I think Indonesia. Indonesia. Cool.、Um, How do you digest? Cooking. I love cooking new recipes.、Oh, that's a good way. I love eating. Oh yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Dinner date next week. <laughs> If you were reborn as a new form, what would you be? Wow, that is a great question. If I was born as a new form, any form, any form, the ocean.、Ooh. Where do you see yourself in five years? With a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Living in China, speaking beautiful Mandarin,、yeah. and having a very successful career and helping impact women achieve their success. I love that. Who's your role model? Thank you. I have many for sure. My mom is a great role model. What's your favorite book? My favorite book. I have many, but my oldest, most impactful, I think, has been "A Hundred Years of Solitude" from Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It's a beautiful, complex story that I often refer to when thinking about life. <laughs> If you won a lottery, what's the first thing you would do? If I won the lottery, what's the first thing I would do?、Mm. You know. It sounds weird because I think everybody often thinks of that, but I can fortunately say that I'm at a place in my life right now that I'm really pretty happy, and I wouldn't really change anything. So maybe I'd save it and decide later.、Okay. <laughs> Is that boring? <laughs>、uh, last but not the least, three short pieces of life advice that you think are especially relevant for a young woman today, professional or not. Be true to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Fulfill your potential. Thank you so much for being here today, Raquel. Thank you so much, Anita, for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for your listening. To learn more about Raquel, she leads mentorship programs, and she leads. Please subscribe to our WeChat official account. She leads. And stay tuned for more interviews with inspiring women like Raquel. Huge thanks to China Business Cast again. To learn more about doing business in China, you know where to go. See you next time. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.